Well, hello and welcome. My name is Danny Kilgore. And I have had the great honor and privilege of serving as your pastor of outreach and missions for the past five years. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And before I begin, I just want to say, Marin Covenant Church, thank you. Thank you for allowing me the privilege, the honor, the deep blessing to serve you and to serve alongside you. I consider it a gift to be able to call this place home and to call you family. So this is not goodbye. This is a thank you. Allow this to be my words of gratitude for all the things you have done and all the things God has done as we have partnered together throughout these years. You know, as I've reflected and I reflected on what I might say to you all and what God would have me say to my dear brothers and sisters as I preach this sermon, I landed on this thought that I'm using as the title of my sermon, and that is, keep going. There's work. There's still work to be done. Keep going. There's still work to be done. You know, let's face it. Following Jesus is hard. I mean, Paul said, why do I do the things that I don't want to do and I don't do the things that I want to do? It's because following Jesus is hard. But I tell you this, out of all the things I've done in my life, all the people I've followed, following Jesus has been the best thing I've ever done. Saying yes to Jesus has been sweeter than honey on a honeycomb. Can I get a witness? Okay, see, I thought y'all was going to get together a second service. Being prompted, y'all, y'all didn't get it. Okay, before I leave, I'm going to teach y'all something. It's called a hollaback, all right? A hollaback. See, a hollaback is going to help the preachers that preach on this stage and me today preach a little better, okay? It's called pulling on their anointing, all right? A hollaback is when you hear something that they're saying and it sounds good to you, and inside you're like, mm, that sounds good. Don't keep it on the inside, say it out loud, okay? <laughs> say, that sounds good, all right? That's called a hollaback, all right? Like, think about it. There you go. See, she catch on quick. All right. So think about it. When you're eating a meal at a restaurant, and if that re- and that meal tastes good, do you eat it? Take a bite and you eat it, and you say, mm, mm. "No, no one does that." You take that bite and go, "Oh, so good. Mm. Oh, this is good." Compliments to the chef. That's what you say, because you want to compliment them 
for their hard work. You want to let them know that what they've done is feeding you. Now, what's more nourishing than the feeding of your spiritual soul, right? So when you holler back, you pull on the anointing of the preacher. And I'm going to tell you, Scripture says that the oil of the anointing pours from the head and runs to the body. And when you pull on the anointing, you stretch out your cup and you catch the overflow. Somebody shall overflow. All right, so you got it now. You got it now. Keep going. There's still work to be done. You know, as I thought about what scriptures would connect to this idea that we have to keep going because there's still work to be done, The first one that I landed on was Matthew chapter 25, verse 35 to 40. Matthew chapter 25, verse 35 to 40. And it reads, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. 37, then the righteous one will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? In verse 40, the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these, brothers or sisters of mine, you did for me. You know, in reading the words of Jesus in the book of Matthew, I can't help but hear the plea of Christ. The plea of Christ. Now, I was listening to a devotional that um, earlier this week, and it reminded me of something my daughter used to do when she was four in preschool. I remember one day, well, unbeknownst to me, her teacher, preschool teacher, taught her to break her crayons because it would help her with her dexterity. So they would break crayons. Now, I didn't know this. So I went to her room one day, and I saw this Ziploc bag full of broken, dirty crayons. And I was like, ew, my child needs some better crayons than this. So I went to the store and bought her a brand-new box of 64-piece crayons. Oh, it was nice. I was proud. So I come home thinking I'm about to present my child with this beautiful box of crayons. So I go in, and I get the bag, and I start to at least take out the broken ones the dirty ones, because I'm going to throw them away. And my starter, Harper, she sees me, and she immediately stops. And she says, Mommy, don't throw away the broken crayons. Broken crayons steal color. And she takes it in shades. And I said, but Harper, these ones are dirty. 
And she says, oh, it's okay. And she takes another one and begins to peel the paper away. And she reaches it up and she shows me. And she says, see, still blue. Yes. <laughs> and she shades it some more. <laughs> and then I said, because I'm committed to getting this, this crayon box, this new one that I just spent like $7 on. <laughs> no, but look at this one. And she said, I said, these ones, look at this one. Don't you want this? This new box of crayons? These ones don't match the ones in this bag. And she looked at it. And she looked at the bag. And she said, oh, okay. So she takes the box of crayons, opens the box up, and begins to break <laughs> all the new crayons. And I'm like, with every break, I'm like, oh, ah. No, that's not what I meant for you to do. And not only did she break the crayons, she put them in the bag and shook them up. And she said, now they all match. You ready to have fun coloring now, mommy? <laughs> Family. How often do we toss God's children to the side? like broken and dirty crayons. We pick the good ones out and throw away the rest. Or even worse, we throw the whole lot away, go looking and searching for a brand new box of crispy, new pointy ones. Family, my heart aches for the broken crayons of the world. Those with the dirty outward appearance tossed to the side, deemed useless and unused. They need to know that broken crayons still color. And that under that dirty paper, they're still blue. What's needed is for us to not throw them aside, but rather be willing to get into the bag with them get a little dirty, and show that though we may present as clean and brand new, really, we're just as broken as they are. Family, I believe we are living during a time when people are searching for where they fit. They are searching and wondering, where do I relieve this hunger and thirst that's within me. But what's happening is they are searching and searching and coming up short. They have no place to go. Why? Because too many places see them as broken and dirty crayons and toss them aside like they don't belong. So they turn to places and alternative ways to relieve this thirst and hunger that ends up causing them more hurt and harm. And yeah, maybe it may quench that hunger and thirst for a moment, but they're again on the prowl, searching again. I believe that the Bible is calling us to help them help them discover that broken crayons still color. Amen. Matthew 25, 40 says, 
The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you do for the least of these brothers and sisters, you did for me. Church, you've stepped into a space to care for those that are searching and wandering for a place. Not only has this church done that, you've gone beyond MCC and into a community to care for the least of these. You have made space here for the broken crayons of the world. No matter if they're dirty, broken, all the crayons, all shapes, all sizes, all colors. And this church even take off-brand crayons. <laughs> I mean, come on. Every church got a few off-brand crayons. You see, I believe Jesus sends us off-brand crayons to keep us humble. Just like in our family. I got some off-brand crayons in my family. <laughs> now, if you ain't hollering back, that might mean you that off-brand crayon. <laughs> and just look forward. Nobody will know it's you. That's okay. It's all right. There you go. I believe that Jesus sees this big bag of broken, dirty crayons and he presents it to the church as a gift. Jesus sees it as a gift. And some refuse it, but this church has received it. It wasn't pulled up and tied up with a pretty red bow. No, but it didn't matter. This church received the gift and said, come on in, let me help you find a seat. But let me tell you, this work gets weary, family. I know. Because these bags of broken crayons turns into boxes, and then cases, and then pallets. And before you know it, you hear the beats of a truck backing up like a loading truck, a loading dock. But at that point, I believe that's when God hears the prayers of the faithful. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 3 through 4 says, They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept for some days. I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. During seminary, I had the privilege of studying the entire Old Testament. And during my preparation for this sermon, I was reminded of the book of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah, and who Nehemiah was. See, Nehemiah, above all things, was a praying man. He was a prayer warrior. Nothing he did did not precede prayer. He prayed. He interceded for the people. 
And God saw his diligence and rewarded him for that. You see, Nehemiah heard what was happening in Jerusalem. And though he'd never been to Jerusalem, chose not to ignore the cries of the people. It broke his heart about the devastations that they were experiencing. And he kneeled down in prayer, he mourned and he wept, he fasted and prayed. He prayed prayers of pain for the people for what they were experiencing, even though it wasn't happening where he was. But he didn't just stop at praying. He was moved to action. Family, there are many things that this church does well. But one thing that I've experienced for sure is the power of your prayers. This church knows how to pray. This is a house of prayer. I, you have found out personally and corporately that if you are to serve this community and be the hands and feet of Christ, and move close to the things that break God's heart, you are going to be moved and drawn to profound moments of prayer. You understand that you have to pray. And when your heart can't take it anymore, you all fall into action. See, some of you serve with your hands while others strategically map out plans in your minds on what can be done. And many of you gather your blessings of resources together, but one thing's for sure, and two things are for certain. You come together and you pray. You all know that whether you're praying for those in the canal or praying for those in Uganda, that James 5.16 says the effective, fervent prayers of the righteous avails much. You also know that James 2.26 says that faith without works is dead. You all pray and you move to action. You see, this is why a church like this can have a solid foundation for 50 plus years. Not because a specific person was so great. <laughs> no, it's because this church hears the plea of Christ and chooses to feed his sheep. You choose to love God. It's because you are committed to faithfully praying the prayers of the people you hear their pain and you choose not to ignore it. And when God says move, you move to action. And also, I have witnessed the plans of the people of this church and also the purpose that God has had for the people of this church. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7 through 8. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider their outcome of the way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ 
is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can apply God's purpose and plan to everything and anything. Your life, your marriage, your career, education, children, church, route to work, what you're going to wear, doesn't matter. I mean, God's, your plan and purpose and God's plan and purpose, you know, sometimes don't really, you know, you don't always line. It don't quite just, you know, yours can say, it's this, and then his say, oh, it's, you know, you're not getting it. You know, it's like your plan and purpose and then his plan and purpose. Okay, I'm going to give you an example. For instance, some of you know this, and some of you may not. My plan and purpose for my life was to be a Grammy Award-winning songwriter, singer, producer, and actress from Texas. Okay, that was my plan and purpose. Okay, but God's plan and purpose assigned that to Beyonce. Okay, see what I mean? See? Plan, purpose, don't always roll, they don't line up the right way. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Now, though my plan and purpose didn't quite line up with God's, the one that was given to me was exactly what I needed. See, that's a holler back. See, this church is something like that. Maybe not the Beyonce part, but I think this church has been known to keep a little hot sauce in this bag way. <laughs> Can be a diva every night. I'm just kidding. It's not right. It's okay. We swaggy like that. Um, but when I think about God's purpose and plan for this church and its future, I believe that the original plan and purpose that its founders had differs a little bit from what came about. But look at the ministry that has been birthed as a result of God's purpose and plan. I think about what they had in their heart as the founders of Marin Covenant Church and what has taken place over the 50 plus years as a result. You see, a church can't stand for 50 plus years simply off of the plans of humans. It stands off of the plan and purpose of God. But there's a through line that took place because the leaders imitated and considered the leaders that came before them that spoke a word over them and imitated their faith. And they understood that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you want to know what it looks like to follow and trust God's plan for your life, for your family, and for this church, remember your leaders who spoke a word of God to you, consider their outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And 
And remember that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Family, I've watched this church take a leap of faith, take a chance, and experience a side of God you have not yet experienced prior. This church loves God. This church loves people and chooses to serve this broken world. You fed people during the pandemic. You cared for the sick and shut in. You sent care packages to missionaries all over the globe to let them know we see you, we love you, and you are not alone. You open your homes to Latino pastors from across Central and South America, even though you didn't speak their language, so that they could attend a conference that was hosted at this church. You continue to show up for the students at Hamilton K-8 School. You foster the city. You impact the tenderloin. You have chosen to lean into learning more about the black, Latino, and Asian communities, no matter where you fit in that fold, because you understand that the closer I get to understanding cultures not like mine, I broaden my image of who God is. I've watched you day in and day out show up time and time again. You feed God's sheep. You heard the plea of Christ, and you accepted the call. You pray faithfully the painful prayers of the people of this community. You understand the plans and purpose of God. You consider those that came before you, and you imitate and consider their way of life. And you imitate their faith because you understand that the Jesus we serve is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Family, you have done the work. You stepped into the fight. You accepted the call to walk humbly with God. You love mercy and you do just. And guess what? You got to keep going. <laughs> you got to keep going. There's still more work to be done. You've got to keep going. There's still work to be done. You can't stop now. I know some of you are saying, I'm too tired. They just don't get it. They don't understand what it's like. How much more can I teach them? I don't get it. It's hard. But Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap a harvest of blessing if we faint not. Keep going. There's still work to be done. Some of you are saying, I hear Jesus asking me to go. I hear God calling me, but it feels uncomfortable.
comfortable. I don't like it over there. It, I don't like what I see, and it, may, it feels icky, and my heart, it, that's just not my thing. That's for other people. I, but I hear God calling, but I, it's just not for me. Mm. Hebrews 3.15 says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Family, be willing to be uncomfortable. It wasn't comfortable for Jesus when he was on that cross. But he chose to surrender his life because no greater love than this, that a man should lay down his life for a friend. Keep going. There's still work to be done. And I hear some of you saying, I'm not sure if I'm ready. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I have the courage. I want to, but what if they say I'm not old enough? What if they don't receive my words? What if they think when I present myself, I'm not ready, I'm not equipped enough, I'm not educated enough? What if they say, you don't know what you're talking about? Mm. I'm going to tell you my favorite verse, Joshua 1.9. And it says, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Family, there are people out there in need of a savior now more than ever. Mm. And they need to know that one exists and they have no idea that there's one. But you know. You know. That's why you can't stop now. We've come too far to go back. We can't go back to the way things were. You've done too much work in this church for let, to let things turn back to just normal. What is normal? This is the new normal. You've done too much. God has transformed this church by the Spirit of God in such a way we can't become a pseudo-community when the Spirit of God has built this church on relationship, trust, and love. Keep going. There's so much work to be done. Don't miss what God is doing because you decided to throw in the towel. I want to invite the band back out. As I share this one last thing, on my way back from visiting one of our missionaries, Jim Gustafson, who serves in Thailand, my husband interviewed him and asked him if he had any more words to encourage the people back home in Marin. And here is what he had to say. God is alive and well in Thailand been here a long time actually longer than any of us have ever been here and he's doing his mission in a way that's beyond reality and uh, it's powerful powerful now, we're walking behind him and uh, walking with him he's walking with us uh, but we didn't bring God here 
Uh, we're not taking him to people here. We are experiencing him in the life in the context that we're in. Thailand is a different place than, uh, than say, California. They have a different culture, different language, different way of thinking even. And it's important for us to be able to get into the context of how people think and how they uh, understand things. And that's what God has, has gifted us to do, is to do that. The YesDRF is a Thai organization made up of mostly Thai people. It's owned by Thai people. And it is talking to Thai people and there's a real clarity that gives clarity so that people can see God. We have to see God. I have to see God every day and see where he's working and how he's doing what he's doing. When I do, I just get blown away. And that my, my faith in God and faith in Jesus Christ is increased because I see him acting and working uh, throughout Thailand as I go to different places. Uh, our prayer for you is that you will see God in your context, in Marin and see him working and join him as he's working. Follow him because God says, uh, you know, follow me. It's my mission, God's mission, follow me. Our prayer is that you will continue to follow him. You already are. We had a great, great, great time here uh, being together for this last week or so, 10 days. Uh, praise God for you. You're in our prayers. Uh, you're in our thoughts. Uh, we love you. And we are grateful to God for you. God bless you and uh, help you as you move into Marin even deeper and deeper and deeper than you've ever been before. God's blessing on every one of you. My prayer is that they would reshape how you see ministry, how you posture yourself around those you come around, and choose today to see God. See God in every place that you go, every person you come in contact with. Join God's mission, because he said you're already in it. Let's celebrate today to keep going, because there's still more work to be done. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and let's celebrate in advance, because I believe that God is about to expand the family of God. In this house, amen, in this community, in this county, in this state, in this country, God's community, God's family is about to expand. Can we celebrate that in advance? Can we God give God praise because we believe that the family of God is about to expand. Amen? So let's have a Holy Ghost party. That means clap your hands as the song is going. Stomp your feet, dance. We're going to have fun. You got to take it.